0: There's nothing quite like that feeling of starting something new with a completely fresh slate. Whether you're starting a new fitness program and you have brand new gym clothes, or you're starting a new health program and you have a brand new blender, or you're working on a new project at work and everything is so excited because the world is in front of you. But that feeling comes from something called motivation, because at that moment, you're motivated to take things forward. And being motivated feels awesome. And that is exactly the problem with motivation. So the giant question is this, how do we as parents, teachers, school administrators, policymakers, coaches, how do we prepare our kids for a future that doesn't yet exist? All while making them healthier, more creative, more innovative, better problem solvers, and overall successful contributors to society? That is the question and this podcast has the answers. My name is Coach Mike and welcome to the MindFit Method Podcast. So if you're anything like me, you have days when you are completely motivated to get something done and you have other days when you are not motivated to do anything. And it's not only us as adults, I see it for kids too. I see days when they are motivated to get out, do the things they have to do, they're excited, they want to go out, they want to go someplace, all of those things. And then I see plenty of other days where they seem much more content sitting in a chair or on a couch uh, on some piece of social media or technology and really just don't do anything and they kind of feel like a slug. And both situations have to do with either a, a feeling of motivation or a lack of feeling of motivation. But I don't think that the word motivation in that sentence is actually the important part. It's the part about the feeling and the feeling that motivation gives you because that feeling of motivation comes from, yes, you guessed it, that neurotransmitter dopamine. And the problem with dopamine is that there are a lot of different things that you can do in a day that actually will release dopamine. So if you're not motivated and you just don't have the willpower to be able to do uh, a specific thing that you wanted to do, guess what? You can get that same feeling of being motivated to do something else or just a feeling of feeling good from something else. And that's why you can never, ever rely on motivation. I mean, look, experiencing a surge in motivation, it feels great but it honestly comes with an expiration date. It just doesn't last very long. And rather than letting this, you know, unreliable driving force kind of dictate your actions, it really comes down to being disciplined, being ambitious, and more than anything, being habitual is what is going to get you to that long-term results. Um, Habitual, obviously, meaning having a good foundation of strong habits that are leading you in the right direction. So, you know, There's a four-step process that's kind of looked at when it comes to the backbone of how you build a good habit. Um, But before you get to that part, there's an important thing that people need to do to, last episode I talked about finding your sense of self, but it's not just finding your sense of self. It's also, what do you identify as? Now, I'm not going into the whole gender conversation, um, but what do you identify as, meaning Who are you and what are the activities that you like to do? So let me give you an example. Um, I talk to a lot of people, especially since I published my first book, I've talked to a lot of people that constantly say to me, oh my gosh, I absolutely need to write a book. And that is great, but there's a difference between being someone who wants to write a book and being an author. And what is the difference? An author does not have to be someone who's published. An author is someone who is physically writing. You have a person who wants to write a book or you have an author. The person that is the author who has already taken action um, and began that process is going to get further than the person who one day wants all the stars to align so they can sit down and write their first book. Um, you have to identify with what that is. If you identify as someone who makes healthy choices, or if you identify as someone who um, is a gym person and a fitness nut and loves, the you know, fitness and loves working out, you are going to make decisions and base your habits based upon who you identify yourself as. But if you have decided, you know, made that decision for who you are, there is that four-step process to kind of building a good habit. And it goes like this. The first is cue. The second is craving. The third is your response to the craving. And the fourth is a a reward. So there's your four steps. The cue is essentially related to like the initial um, stimulatory sensation that initiates a habit. So let's use uh, what our normal sensations are. So smelling, hearing, tasting, feeling, or reading, right? And seeing. Craving is that you have a desire to carry through re- with responding to this cue, and instigating the associated habit. Uh, and as you as you crave the end result, it will deliver. If you crave whatever it is that's in front of you, it will not deliver the same way as craving what you are looking for it to be, looking for the, that that end result is going to be. Um, the response to your craving is the actual act of performing that habit itself, um, and you know after the fact that you've you've decided that the effort required to fulfill that habit is worthwhile to achieve the end result. That that is a big thing. And the last one is the reward, and you know as the consequence of your habitual action, you achieve the reward and you feel satisfied because you're happy about what you did. So let's kind of put this into an example. Let's say you are at a work function or you're at a party or whatever, and there's a gorgeous spread of fruit and pastries on a table, and you are, you know, you're hungry. You want to eat something. So the cue is that you're hungry, and the fruit catches your eye, right? So then all of a sudden you get a craving because you have a desire now to pick up an apple or some melon um, or a banana, something instead of that almond cr- croissant that's in the, um, the platter right next to the fruit because you identify yourself as someone who makes nutritious choices and you don't want to exceed essentially what your caloric requirements are for the day. So you're going to choose that vitamin-rich piece of fruit instead of the um, you know chocolate croissant, almond croissant, uh, cheese croissant, whatever it may be. Um, so you, once you've made that decision, then the question comes, do you actually stick with it? And what is the actual action that you take after that? So if your response is that you eat the apple instead of the almond croissant, your reward at that point is you feel satisfied, nourished, and accomplished, uh, because you made a decision that aligns with your fitness and with your health goals, because you're willing to sacrifice that, that croissant, in the now for what you believe the results will be later on. So, I mean, obviously this is a hypothetical circumstance, um, but, but it's one that we may be faced with on a regular basis. Um, you know, in order to have those positive behavioral changes, um, you just have to stay consistent, but you have to have those habits in place. Um, and quite honestly, the community or the people that you are around will or can influence what some of those responses to that stimuli are. So if you are in a room of people where every single person that is there is going to pick up a croissant or um, you know something not on the fruit side, Um, It also puts your brain in a little bit of a quandary because you want to be part of that community, but you also want to stick to your habits. So surrounding yourself with people who have like-minded ideas about you is absolutely one of the ways that you get a lot further into your goals. I mean, think about this. We see this with kids all the time, right? So if the children that our children hang out with do X or Y, whatever it is, whether it's they play video games all the time. If every time um, one of our kids goes to a child's house where all they do is play video games all day long, what do you think they are probably going to be doing when they go there? They're going to play video games. If if all the kids at school are bringing um, Twinkies to lunch, this was one thing that used to bother me so much when I had MindFit. Um, you know, I would often run summer camps, and I actually remember kids coming because it was they would brown bag lunch. Kids coming um, to our summer camps at, at MindFit, and when it became lunchtime, and everyone would grab their bag and they'd start pulling things out, you—I couldn't tell you the number of times that what I saw coming out of the bags was literally like, uh, you know, a Twinkie and a bag of potato chips, and you had these other children that had these elaborate, you know, fruit, vegetables, some type of a protein. Um, lunch, and you had other kids that literally had a Twinkie and a and a bag of potato chips. And before we go down the route of saying, oh, well, that could have been a you know social demographic, this was an expensive um, summer camp. Um, I could easily see the cars that everyone drove in on and dropped their kids off in. And for the most part, it was nothing but Mercedes and BMWs. Um, so it, this was not a situation of, well, maybe they didn't have um, the finances to be able to do a better lunch. Um, no, most times. And actually oftentimes I would have parents actually come up and kind of, you know, say, Hey, I'm so sorry about the lunch. That's all they'll eat. Um, and that, that's just insane to me. I, I don't understand that at all. Um, you know, kids will eat what you put in front of them. And, um, if they want something else, trust me, when they get hungry enough, they will eat whatever you put in front of them because they're starving at that point, whether they like it or not. Obviously everyone has food likes and dislikes. Um, you know, growing up as a kid, I probably could have been starving and never would have eaten beets. I, they were totally disgusting to me. But at the same time, you know, the rest of the meal that I had outside of the beets, I, I would absolutely eat. So we do need to be aware though, that, you know, what's around kids on a regular basis is how they are going to start to assimilate into their habits and into the decisions that they make. And oftentimes when we do fall out of our good habits. The first thing we do is we start looking for that motivation again, that to get us back on track. But motivation is what failed us the first time, right? Um, it's kind. Of, motivation is like that that super friend who's fun to you know a lot of fun to be around when they actually show up, uh, but for the most part, they usually let you down. They'll say they say they'll be there at a certain time, uh, but then they're not. That's kind of motivation. Where discipline is that dependable friend um, who often, you know, kind of has some harsh truths for you, uh, but can always be relied upon. And you know, they're the ones that'll see you through your bad times, uh, and eventually, and truly, want you to meet your goals. But they're not flamboyant. They're not, um, if you guys remember, friends. They're not fun, Bobby. Right? Fun, Bobby was like this guy. It was just so much fun, but he was certainly not someone that you could depend on. So essentially if I'm telling you, you cannot focus on motivation or you cannot rely on motivation because it is going to let you down, what then can you do? What are the things that you should focus on instead um, and not worried about being motivated? And the first one is honestly, um, don't expect to be motivated. A big mistake that we make when we set our goals is we get caught up in the fantasy of kind of like achieving the goal and we don't think about the effort that's going to be necessary to achieve it. So just expect that it is going to be a lot of effort that goes into it. Expecting ahead of time that we sometimes won't be motivated kind of helps us prepare. Like We're not relying on that sugar high to get us moving. We're just relying on activity, action, and taking steps forward instead of what's going to get us to do that. The other one, as I said before, you got to focus on building habits. Habits Um, The cool thing about habits is they actually remove your need to make decisions, right? Because if it's truly a habit, um, they literally take the decision-making process, the decision-making out of the process. Um, Once it's a habit, there's no need for motivation. It's just something you do every day. Brushing your teeth is a habit. You do it every day. There's not really any wonderful thing about brushing your teeth except that your breath doesn't feel bad, uh, smell anymore. But, um, you know, habits make actions persistent, even if the habit is small, it adds up. It compounds. It's like compounding interest in a, in a savings account. It compounds. And with habits, you're not waiting to be motivated. You're just doing it because it's what you need to do. Another thing that you need to look at is you, you kind of have to shoot for clarity because sometimes what looks like a lack of motivation is is sometimes actually confusion because you just don't know what to do, where to start. Um, make sure that your tasks and your goals are very specific and actionable. Um, I've talked about triple habit stacking before before and you know it's the reason I like it is because I do know that life gets in the way. And when life gets in the way, if you have one thing that you know you want to do every day, right? And let's say you are motivated to do it and it is a habit, right? Then you have a a great situation, but for some, life gets in the way, something happens and you can't achieve that one thing. Now you feel like you not only didn't take a step forward, but that you took a step backwards. And I don't want you to think that way. So the reason I like triple habit stacking is that you're doing at least two of the three things. If one of them falls off, it's okay. You still took steps forward. You didn't take as many steps forward as you would have if you had accomplished all three, but you're still taking steps forward. And most importantly, you didn't take a step backwards because that's a big thing. Um, When you're tackling a big goal or a project, you have to look at what is the next thing that I can do to leverage that's going to get me to my goal. Um, that, you know, once you have a clear understanding of that, um, you can move forward and, and I'll use, um, I'll use writing a book as an example, um, cause I'm in the process of writing not just one right now, but two of them right now. That's for another conversation for another day. But, um, when I first wrote the MindFit method, I had the idea for the book, honestly, for a long time. Um, but it's like, oh, how do I start? I don't know what I, what to do. Do I just sit down at a computer? How do I break it up? And then you start thinking about really stupid things that don't even matter. Well, but how am I going to get it published? How do I find an editor? I didn't even have a book written and I was worried about steps 21 and 22, when I hadn't even taken step one. The thing is that worry about step 21 and 22 when you're on step 20, and then you have to figure out how to cross over that barrier. We get so, and again, this goes back to everything being perfect, right? We want to sit down. I wanted to sit down when I wrote the first book and write the book in 90 minutes, and then boom, turn on the computer, and an editor was already uh, you know, tracking me down, so I didn't have to find one. And then boom, a publisher was like, oh my gosh, can I please bubble? Like, you wanted all these things, but I hadn't even taken step one. Make sure you're ready for the step that you actually have to take. And sometimes we start focusing on a step that six or seven uh, processes down the road we're not focusing on number one. Um, and I'll, I'll use a different example. Let's say you want to start working out in the morning, but you can't work out in the morning because your boss expects you to be to work by 7am. So to, for you, and you know, you're not going to get up at 3am to work out. Plus you feel like you would lose sleep and it would actually affect you in a negative way, not in the positive way. Like you want to work out to be able to affect you. So when you have a situation like that, you have to change something. And maybe that conversation is you're going to go talk to your boss and say, look, boss, I will be much more productive during the day if I actually can come in an hour later and here's why. And if you'd like, we can even track my productivity so that I can show you it's a reality and I actually am more productive. Um, if you've ever read Tim Ferriss' book, The 4-Hour Workweek, he actually talks about that in um, having those conversations and doing that. It's a great thing to do, but make sure you take step one. If step one is you wanna start working out, but you can't do it because you have to be in uh, by 7 a.m. or by 6 a.m. to work, then actually starting to work out is not step one. Right? You have to understand what step one is. Um, and I talked just a little bit ago about you know your ide- identity. Um, when you think of yourself as a certain type of person, you will act that way. Um, that way you don't have to worry about motivation. If you're the type of person that takes action, you will take action. If you're the type of person who gets things done, you will get things done. Your, co- your brain doesn't really like what's called cognitive dissonance, which can kind of be created by a gap between your beliefs and your actions. So you may believe X, but then you don't actually act upon those things. Start being the person that you want to become. Even if you're not there yet, show up as them now. That's really important. Um, simplify. Okay, this is a big one. So let's say you want to start eating healthy right? You've been talking about this for a long time and you're going to start this diet, you're going to start that diet. You're thinking about getting this food prep service, like a, you know, eat clean bro or simple meals, whatever they are, something like that delivered. And you think about all these things that you're going to do and yet you never take action on any of them because they all require their own individual steps. Break it down to, again, what is step one? Because if you can get through step one, then you can figure out step two. You're not going to figure out step one through 100 in, in in one, you know, over one cup of coffee. It's just not going to happen um, because you have to focus on getting started. If you don't start, do that, that's fine. But once you get started, you also, you know, it's like starting a bike when you're going uphill, Right, Um, you put it all the way down in first gear so that it's the easiest way to pedal. But you still have to stand up on that bike, uh, stand up on those pedals, and start pedaling. Once you get that pedal moving a little bit, once those wheels start turning, it gets a little bit easier to then be able to go forward and get the rest of the way up the hill because the bike starts becoming into motion. It gets into motion. That is really uh, important, and kind of you know, this is this is important too. But a a thing that is in motion stays in motion, right? Until there is another force that causes that motion to stop. And when that happens, rely back on your habits. Don't rely on motivation to get you unstuck. And probably one of the most important things is you have to do it even when you don't feel like it, okay? Again, don't rely so much on our feelings. Our Again, feeling and motivation. You feel good, you, you're motivated, right? But if we're, I already said, don't rely on motivation, which also means don't rely on your feelings. Rely on consistency. And I watch this with my boys right now. It is amazing to me. Um, you know, they've gotten to a point where they're starting to take pictures of their physical growth um, since they're, you know, they're lifting very consistently. And um, a lot of times I think they get a little obsessed with it. It is amazing to see the difference because again, when you're around yourself all the time, you don't necessarily see the differences that you made. But when I see my 14 year old, um, when I see a picture of him six months ago versus today, it's unbelievable how much progress and how much growth and honestly, how much muscle he's put on, not because he necessarily loves it, Not because he necessarily, you know, wants to be uh, absolutely working out every day, although he kind of does, but he's so consistent with it. Every day he's down there, he's doing his abs, he's doing his, and he's making huge progress. Uh, You've got to be able to do it when you don't feel like it. You kind of have to remind yourself that you don't have to feel like doing something in order to do it, right? Uh, You you just don't. Uh, Don't let your feelings dictate your actions. Let your actions dictate um, your progress, And be patient, right? This is a big one. We have to be patient in what we we want. It's very easy to fall into the trap that when we don't see results right away, we get discouraged, which, what does that do? It lowers our motivation. But we already know we're not going to rely on motivation. So, but impatience can be a a common problem, especially among procrastinators, right? They put off taking action, but then you then expect immediate results. Um, Expect the progress to be gradual and slow, and you have to enjoy the process. I know it's the most cliche thing out there. It's not the destination, it's the journey. But guys, that is the truth, right? Our destination is the same for every single person listening to this, for every single person in the world. Our destination is a grave, Right? It's kind of harsh to say, but that is the truth. So instead of worrying about where we're going to be six months from now, worry about what are we doing today to get us to where we want to be. That is uh, so—I can't stress it enough— what are we doing today? What can you get done today in regards to taking action? Not thinking it through, taking action. Do not become an overthinker. Become a person that takes so much action that you can't take any more action in the day. Because even if you're taking incorrect or imperfect action, it's still going to take you further and get you to where you need to get in order to hit your goals. And now you're probably wondering, okay, so where does this tie into the MindFit method and where does it tie into my kids? And Although I talked about the kids a couple of times today, where it ties in is set the precedence. When your kids see you doing these things, when they see you not relying on motivation, when they see you being consistent and persistent, that is going to rub off on them, whether they like it or not. You may have to put parameters in place so that they can't sit on uh, devices all day long or things like that. But the question is if you're not going to have them be on technology all day long, then what are you going to replace that time with? Because otherwise they're just sitting there and then they come out with the uh, horrible, there's nothing to do, I'm bored. Um, It's just, which doesn't make any sense. There's so many things to be able to do today. Uh, Kids should not be bored. But you you set that precedence for them. Let them see you not only being consistent, causing the habits. And at first they may be like, okay, whatever, mom, dad, whoever it is, uh, they're just on one of their kicks when they see you stay consistent and month after month goes by and you're making the changes that you want to make in yourself, they then realize that they can make those changes too. Hey, everyone. I hope you guys like this episode. If you have not gotten your free copy of the book, The MindFit Method, go to themindfitmethod.com. Uh, I have already purchased a copy for you. The book is there. All you have to do is cover the cost of the shipping and handling, and I will send the book right out to you. You'll even have an opportunity to get the audiobook for a small fee, which is really cool as well. And stay tuned because there are two new books coming out for me in 2023. Hope you guys are ready. Until next time.